Welcome to Outside Game, the podcast. I am the host with the most, Keith Bullock, with my man, Don Povia, riding shotgun. How are we doing today, Don? I am doing well. I think better than the last time we spoke, where we were all going through some uh, holiday hiccups and family travel and Sniffles, what have you. Sniffles, all that shit. Sniffles, <laughs> you know, all that shit is right. Uh, I am lucky, Mr. Monday Night, to be sitting here with three Olympic hopefuls. Oh yeah. Oh, they don't they don't know my story. Introduce our guests first. I'll let them in too. Well that first Olympic hopeful is Mr. Bullock, my co host with the most. And we are here with Kaylee Gilchrist and Paige Hosschild from the US women's water polo team, one of, if not the most successful, I would say, uh, squads in the world, not just the country. Girls, women, I'm sorry. I have three girls myself. So I, I have three girls also. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're surrounded. We're never going to, you know. We just... Women, ladies. <laughs> we know better. We have <laughs> athletes, Olympians. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So um, he, uh, he said I was um, uh, Olympic hopeful, not so much as you guys. Um, me and my friends, uh, Four or three former all-pro football players. We've been the last year and a half trying, well, honing our skills in curling. Yeah. So um, it's myself, Jared Allen, who's a former defensive end. It's his idea. Um, Michael Roos, who's a 6'6", 280-pound former lineman, and Mark Bolger, who's a former quarterback. Um, yeah, we've all, for the last year and a half, been spending time in Minnesota, you know, going to all these different bond spills. So... I've been learning and been introdu introduced to a different Olympic sport where I'm glad to have you ladies here to talk more about water polo because we see it so often. Um, and it's definitely a sport when it's on in, in the Olympics. People, I'm sure, I know I'll, I'll tune in and watch because we don't know so, know so much about it. So thanks for being here today. And I definitely have a ton of questions for you ladies. So first question is, well, how deep is the water? <laughs> like, deep enough where you can't touch right and you're pretty tall so taller than me so <laughs> where about about eight feet ten feet yeah usually it, it varies but you definitely can't touch the bottom okay. what is um what is a typical training session like for us right now we're in full-time training which means six days a week about six hours a day uh that'll include weight training and conditioning and then conditioning in the pool and then water polo tactics and skills and then incorporate also scouting reports what what do you feel um has let you guys you let you ladies be so successful in the time that you um, have been playing together um against all this competition in the world yeah i think it starts from the people that came before us they set up the standard that we're always trying to reach and we're trying to continue to improve and um i just think we have good team cohesiveness and just we're lucky to have a lot of talented players and we're all competing for an Olympic spot. So there's a lot of competition going on, and we are led through a great captain and great coaches. And Kelly, you've been to the Olympics. You've won gold at the Olympics. Paige, you're, you're aspiring to get there, obviously played on the international level. Um, what she just described about those people that came before her, um, is somebody like your teammate here sitting to your right, is she one of those people that holds you as a younger player that hasn't been on that Olympic stage to a higher level? Oh, 100%. A lot, all the older girls, especially Kaylee, she's been huge for me in this process. Um, they've been great role models. They have been super patient and helped at least me and other younger girls um, who are new to the squad. They've helped us um, kind of figure out the ropes and 
um, kind of showed us how, how competitive it is and how, how the team works. And I think it must be a regional thing. I, I feel most of you come from California. Uh, us East Coasters, I don't know if we get much water polo out here. Then again, we don't get much curling out here either, so I guess you find, <laughs> you find a you way. You have to adapt. <laughs> um, is the sport something that you sort of came up with um, as, as a youth? Uh, and were there other sports that you were also might have excelled at or were interested in, but what gravitated you towards water polo? Yeah, I, I played all sports when I was young. I actually dreamt of going to the WNBA before water polo came in the picture. But my dad was a swimmer. He actually competed in two Olympic games. So I started swimming and realized how boring that was. So <laughs> immediately went into water polo. But I, I grew up in Newport Beach, California, which is a hotbed for water polo. I was coached uh, through high school by one of the legendary of the sports, Coach Bill Barnett. Um, and I started playing since 10 and under. So it was just the norm there for a youth sport and just continued to play through high school and then get recruited and then go to university and now to this team. Aren't you also a surfer? I am also a surfer. How'd you get into that? Well, obviously being in Newport, but, um, you know, you competed at a very high level with surfing, won some championships. Like, what made what was the balance between the polo and the surfing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I started both sports at the age of eight, so I think the balance just came natural to me because I fell in love with both at the same exact time. Uh, my mom actually wanted me to get out of the house during summer, so she signed me up for a surf camp, and little did she know I was going to fall in love. But I think just as I grew and, and my skills kind of grew, it just became normal to balance both at a high level and something I'm continuing to do. Obviously, with it being an Olympic year, my focus is uh, water polo, but after I can't wait to get back on the board and compete for surfing. So uh, sharks obviously do not factor into your <laughs> fears ever, huh? No, SoCal isn't really known for sharks, no? but there's a couple places in no Northern California that there's like literally signs that say don't surf sharky and right. we'll still paddle out if the waves are good. Shark wow. what? Sharky. Sharky. Yeah. So I, Sharky water. Adjective. Yeah, <laughs> I got into uh, I got into snowboarding when I when I retired. So I've been retired about ten years. So I've been snowboarding for about about ten years. Um, so yeah, not the sharks just kind of scare me away. Although <laughs> I, I definitely would like to um, attempt surfing at some point because I always watch the different competitions and stuff like that. So. I gotta be honest. I was out on a on, on a boat on Lake Michigan, and I couldn't even stand up on like the uh, wakeboard. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's you're tough. not that athletic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's these old bones, man. They don't cooperate with me. So, so Paige, um, I you know I noticed that um, you're at, at SC and won yeah. a championship there, and you're taking um, this year 2020 off to prepare for the Olympics. So I remember um, being a former student athlete and. Um, our team wasn't that good, and but we were we were bowl eligible, and I just wanted to, you know, my decision was I didn't want to play in the bowl game because I wanted to prepare for my, you know, the next step in the NFL. Um, do you think like any players on your SC team like feel some kind of way that you're not? Because obviously, you know, you 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 help them one of the better players on the team. Um, or is there any resentment from any former players or are they fully supportive of you going for your goal? I've had full support from all of my teammates and my coaches and all staff involved That's awesome. with USC Athletics. So it's been super, it's been great. Everyone's been super supportive. Um, I think everyone knows this is a dream of mine and they see the opportunity there. So they want me, they're encouraging me to take the opportunity. That's awesome. Yeah. How about yourself growing up? Uh, was it all water polo all the time or were there other interests there? Um, I, similar to Kaylee, um, grew up playing a lot of different sports. My dad's a volleyball coach. He played volleyball in college and um, I actually played volleyball 
into high school, I stopped early because water polo got a little hectic. But um, I started swimming like Kaylee, like Kaylee did as well um, from a young age, but also got kind of bored of it. And I was a decent swimmer, so I wanted to do something that involved swimming, but a little more exciting. And so I met a few girls that played water polo who encouraged me to play water polo. And I started when I was about eight or nine years old. But yeah, um, similar to Newport, uh, Santa Barbara is a, it's a big spot for water polo. There's a lot of Olympians that have come from Santa Barbara, and there's a few other girls on the team right now who are also from Santa Barbara. So it was definitely an interest of mine. Well, you ladies are both from beautiful places in the U.S. What are some of the, you know, through your travels, the more, you know, beautiful places that you got to play? Obviously, you're in a pool, but you get to see, like, you know, the areas that you're in. Yeah, I think that's the, one of the coolest things about our sport is the opportunity to travel around the world. Uh, we get to go to places that may not be the nicest, but then we also get to enjoy some nice places as well. And I think one of my favorite places is Rio, just for the memories, being able to compete in the Olympics and have so many family and friends down there supporting me. But we've been pretty much all over the world from Siberia to New Zealand. Uh, you guys have, like, like two pressures. Like, because when we start, like, everyone has to make the team again. You know, you've already been on the team. You're trying to um, to make the team. But then once the team is put together, you guys have to defend the title of and be a new team and all that. What is um what is the are there any pressures in that like um, individually? I mean, I think it's definitely a lot of people talk about our team and our success and there's definitely expectations and pressure, but I think for the most part, at least I personally, and I think the other girls would say the same, focus on ourselves and we focus on what we can control um, and try not to get tied up in what everyone else is saying about us or expecting from us because that's all we can really handle. I want to go back to something, though. So we, we know Rio is one of the nicer places, which is interesting, too, because if you remember in the lead-up to the Olympics, there was a lot of controversy about the money that's spent on bringing the games there and, and where that's being deflected from and, and some of the sort of the contrast between the haves and the have-nots. We'll leave that alone for now because we know Rio is a beautiful place. But what were some of those not-so-nice places? Was it the Siberia types? Or? You're going to get me in trouble over here. Well, like, I'm I'm you might have to go back. We'll follow up on that for a minute. But yeah, feel free to answer or not. Nah, well, well how, I, got, I got something for you. Um, obviously, this summer you guys won a championship and you're partying in South Korea. And the stage collapsed, or the, the roof, or the way I read it, it was a balcony. Um, yeah, do you mind telling about that? Yeah, so it was like the craziest turn of events. We just won a world championship. We beat Spain. It was a really fun game. We played pretty well. It was pouring rain. Um, a good amount of people were there, which was pretty cool, supporting us. And then we go out after, and we go to this this club called Coyote Ugly. And we're just... Like having, the chain? Like the U.S. Of course. I think it's like the special Korean chain. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. But, yes. um, and Paige and I were the last ones there pretty much. Nice. We were, yeah. We were having a good time to say the least. And next thing you know, we're on this like balcony. It's all indoors, but we're on this balcony where most of the water polo athletes were hanging out and we're friends with a lot of girls on other teams. You know, we're a pretty tight-knit group and a lot of us have played together in college and whatnot or on teams abroad. Um, and then the balcony collapsed, and it was kind of a surreal moment. Um, and next thing you know, you know, we're getting carried out, helped outside. And I, I knew my injury was pretty bad. I was bleeding a lot, but I never looked down. So I was asking all my friends, I was like, how, ba- how bad does it look? Like, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, it's okay. You got this. And I was just laying on the sidewalk and kind of knew it was a pretty intense moment. I was like, hey, you have to 
get your shit together, basically. And next thing you know, the ambulance was there and uh, had to get rushed to the hospital and, you know, undergo surgery in South Korea and, you know, in this foreign wow. country. And uh, I think there was a big sigh of relief when I woke up from surgery and heard that there was a potential 100% recovery, um, you know, as millimeters away from my nerve, which was wow. probably the spookiest news to hear. Um, and once I heard that the recovery was possible, it just like went straight into planning. It's like, okay, now what? Like, yeah, how? That, that mental. Yeah, it was just like, all right, it's go time. Like we, our trainer, Larney, named it the Mamba Mission. So I'm four and a half months in on the Mamba Mission. Nice. Well, we got, we got your comms director here too. I'm sure that was a great, fun experience for him. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> I know he was over there too, right? Yeah. Did you get that call at, at, at three in the morning? Uh, it's uh, not that anyone will hear this. I'm far from the mic, but it was scary and uh, just trying to figure out what's going on. I think yeah. initially we're trying to count up: is everyone alive and okay? Yeah, he, he, he's saying that. Uh, yeah, it was certainly scary and and trying to just account for everybody in in that foreign country. Um, how well do you deal as you travel? Uh, actually, a friend of mine played uh, international basketball for a while. He's writing a book, and each chapter seems to be about a different place and different quirks with each place. Obviously, you're not there season long like he is, but um, culturally, language-wise, um, you know, h- how is the adjustment going from place to place all over the globe? Um, I mean, I would say every place is different. Every place, uh, it's definitely different when the cultures and languages are very foreign so I think for us it's just trying to adapt to their customs and whatever um, is expected of us but ultimately we always have um, guides and people showing us the way and so we just kind of try to figure our way through the, through the place are most um, are most of the water polo players that you guys female players that you guys come in contact from the west coast because I'm sitting here we're in New York it's 27 degrees like of course there's swim teams but like polo, water polo was not a thing growing up on in New York. I can't speak for anywhere down the East Coast. So yeah, everyone from our team is from California except one girl. She's from Florida. Our goalie Ashley Johnson, and um, that's kind of one of the reasons we're out here in New York is just kind of spread the awareness of the sport and we want it to grow. Um, starting to grow a little bit in Texas and some spots on the East Coast, but hopefully it'll be you know a nationwide sport before you know it. All right. Just getting uh, that pool space. What, what do you call those things? Uh, what is it? The Glockenspiel? What's your your ice called? Uh, Bonspiel. Bonspiel. Yeah. Bonspiel. We have Bonspiel. <laughs> 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 I think uh, it would be just sort of aquatic sports in general, right? Having the availability to get in there. Um, you know, of those other sports that you discussed. Um, you know, for, for girls or, or young men that are looking to get into it, were there any transferable skills from some of those other more, let's say, common sports that you played growing up? Um, yeah, obviously for me, like swimming at a young age was a huge one, but I think I played soccer. Um, I also did a little bit of basketball, but I think there's a lot of similarities there with the whole uh, teamwork aspect of the game and also just the fitness. It requires a lot of fitness to play water polo. You have to be super explosive and be um, fit enough to go up and down the pool and wrestle your opponent, take um, and score some shots and things. So I think the fitness level from a lot of those sports is very similar. Kelly, I'd be interesting to interested to hear your correlation um, with the water polo and basketball since you played um, basketball so long. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing for me um, that transferred over was the vision and just understanding how the game works and. Uh, I'm the first to say my teammates will back me up that I'm not the most athletic on the team and I am probably one of the slowest. 
Um, but the vision and just the awareness helps me still be able to play the game at the the level and the speed it plays. And I think I have to thank basketball a lot for right. that. Like the court, like court awareness yeah. and basketball. And then what is the term for polo? Just vision. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, I would love to be the worst athlete on the Olympic level on a team that wins the <laughs> yeah, gold that seemingly every year. I, I can think of That's a lot. A starter. Either that. Yeah. I want, I want to be that or like the holder backup quarterback that holds the clipboard. Uh, That's yeah. a, hey, you know what? There have been a lot of backup quarterbacks that have never touched the field to play about 15 years. So that's what I'm saying. It's not a bad gig. <laughs> uh, so as we as we prep for uh, for Tokyo for Japan, um, you know how how is this kind of going back? Right, um, not your first time. Right, you have expectations and things like that. Are you preparing any differently than you did say the first time? Um, I definitely think this is a different process. You know, I took 2017 off and just surfed and I thought I was going to be done with water polo and that was my, my goal. But I think that year I recognized how much I missed obviously the sport, but more so missed the people and the camaraderie. And, uh, that just made me recognize to appreciate all the moments. And then of course, when I got injured, that was just a huge, you know, perspective gain. And I'm just trying to really embrace and be a sponge and absorb everything. And, uh, I have some extra inspiration. My dad swam in 1964, which so happened to be in Tokyo as well. So 56 years later, to be able to be in the same city in an Olympic game is uh, definitely inspiring and pushes me every day. And it will be a really cool moment for my family if that happens. Speaking of the Olympics, and so you have that family perspective. Um, no offense, Keith. I, I don't think anybody else yeah, I don't uh, think I'm on this make, side I don't think I'm going to make the Olympics. Right? <laughs> uh, I'm not putting in that much work. <laughs> right. <so. laughs> Or ever going to experience that? What What is the experience like? You know, taking in the the whole just pomp and circumstance of of the Olympic Games. Yeah, it's pretty wild to wrap your mind around it. You go to the Olympics, but our goal, you know, I think some people's goal is just to go, but uh, this team's goal is to win. So you have to. Have, there's this fine line of balancing when you're at the games. And I remember in Rio, we play every other day, so it's kind of like. Make sure you take care of your stuff. You prepare for your opponent. You're doing what you need to do, but there's you also have to enjoy this whole moment and process. And we're basically on for two straight weeks every other day, six games. So um, some people, you know yourself by then. You know you know what you can get away with and when you can't. We had some very professional athletes that didn't really partake in all the extra uh, curriculars, but I wanted to enjoy the process and I tried to see my family and friends when I could. And I was laughing around, you know, meeting new athletes and just trying to take in the village lifestyle. Yeah, I'm sitting here, like, listening to you, um, you know, speak about that. And, you know, being a former athlete myself, um, yeah, there's, like you said, there's a sense of professionalism that comes into it. And you have to know um, yourself and be there for your team and be accountable. But like you also said, like, it's like a could be a once in a lifetime opportunity um, and to have that discipline to all right i'm not gonna go too hard i'm just gonna you know like i definitely commend you guys for that like all um olympians just to be put in that circumstance because like for myself we play a game on sunday we travel on saturday so there's not too much time to lose that focus that you need but in order to like you said you play every day for two weeks and to come home with gold like i don't think the average person can really like compartmentalize like the mental 
forget all the training that you did, but just like the mental focus. I'm sorry, I just went on my <laughs> athlete aside no. because I, that's that's really truly amazing. Well, that, for that was sure. something we talked about often. Was like the work's already been done. Like we put yeah. in the work years before, and we you know prepared for those moments. And it was just kind of the mental that kept us going. And um, you know, I can say this now because we won, but we kind of dominated in Rio, and I think right. that was just thanks to what we did beforehand. So do you, do you find other countries like because obviously we're American and they different places they feel different things about us do they really be gunning for you guys like out there when it's comp- competition time um definitely i think with our dominant history i think everyone's we have a big target on our backs and i think everyone's been kind of aiming for us as of recently so you guys talk shit in water polo or is it just like one of those things <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great question i, was no, I mean like that. because it's not it's not like a physical oh it kinda is. It is kind of physical. So yeah, like does it get kinda chippy out there? Um, I'm not a big shit talker, but we definitely <laughs> nice. have, we have some people on our team and other teams. So well, let's, let's put you on Depends the spot on then. The who's, who's the who's the who's I'll the call best? Her out. We'll say the biggest, and then who's the best? We need to look talk. for her. Um, well, I don't know about biggest or best, but our our favorite friend Arya Fisher likes to get involved and talk some smack. But it's actually kind of ironic because they don't really understand what you're saying. They don't, they don't understand what you're saying. So like, I think she's cussing me out, but I'm not quite sure. Maybe she said just said good job. But. That's awesome. It's all about the scale on the face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back, back to the Olympic experience. Uh, did you ever get a chance to take in any other sports while you're out there or do you just not have the time to do so? Um, like I said, it was, you know, we're on pretty much the entire time. Um, so we finished the 19th. The 20th was the last day of competition and then the 20th evening was closing ceremonies. So some girls on the 20th were able to go watch our men's volleyball team win bronze, but I was just sitting after a big celebration night watching yeah. it on the couch instead. For sure. <laughs> For sure. It's a great experience. Yeah, and, and Paige, so... Yeah. Again, coming from a different perspective, what are you most looking forward to uh, as you sort of prepare and, and, and try to make that squad? And, and yeah, what, what, what are you trying to, to most accomplish or looking I mean, forward to? Yeah, obviously the Olympics is my goal, but I think um, after, I don't know, I think this whole process is a learning experience and I think we've had a lot of amazing moments. So I think just trying to cherish every day and look forward and really appreciate everything that we're going through. But um, I think... The main goal would obviously be the Olympics, but um, and experiencing that with my team and the girls I put all the preparation and work in with would be a huge, huge dream of mine. Kelly, what um you know being a the veteran on the team and you know you and Paige being pretty close and she's the younger one. What are some of the things that you know you kind of can t- tell her? about this process because obviously you've been there at 20 and what's the difference between 20 like for her now and for you when you were 20 in the sport yeah i mean Paige is a better water pole player than me so she actually (laughs) (laughs) she actually gets again i would love to be the worst player on the gold medal olympic team (laughs) she gets the opportunity to go at 20 i had to work my way until i was 24 so uh, i'm gonna be the second oldest hopefully in tokyo at 28 nice um but i just know when Paige can go a little harder so i usually talk some smack and push her and um yeah but i think everyone on the team does a good job of just embracing everything and uh we do a good job at holding each other accountable when people are slacking and um yeah and i think that's kind of what makes us great yeah um and, and that makes a lot of sense because on the good football teams that i've been on um you know accountability was key and constructive criticism like look and you're you're slacking today pick your shit up like you know what i mean i feel um it sounds like you guys have all those things going so that's it's it's great to be able to get insight into um what you guys do 
How about a, a pitch for, for water polo? So if there are any young girls out there, or again, young guys out there, um, yeah, what's your, what's your elevator pitch? What, why should they take up the sport? Um, you guys all should take up the sport because <laughs> it is the best sport in the world. Uh, no, but honestly, it's, it's a challenging sport, and what you learn uh, will go way beyond your, your sporting career. You learn a lot of lessons about life, and you get to do so with uh, amazing friends that will be lifetime friends. It's not just a sport like curling, say, that yeah, you Yeah, I don't know. I heard that sport's at, pretty weak. Right, you can pick up at, like, 43 <laughs> and just uh, <laughs> think you're going to make the Olympics. Hey, look, you know what, man? I'm not the ringleader of this. Dude called my phone was like, do you want to be on my curling team? And I was like, all right, why not? So, like, I just realized, though, like, a year and a half in that, look, man, we don't put enough work in. You have to, like, to be an Olympian is just like being a professional athlete. Like, you have to put that work in. And I, you know, it's not that we don't want to. We just don't have the proper facilities to go out there and practice curling, you know, four or five hours a day. We have to go to Minnesota, you know, once every other week. You know, so we're trying, but... You know, there, there are some sports, and I don't mean to pick on Keith too much, uh, like curling, where I think people see it in the Olympics and they think, well, I can do that, right? Or, you know... NASCAR drivers. Well, what well do you it's think just you can driving. Do? I can't do nothing. Okay. I just run. That's all. I can just run. I do run. I did two marathons this year. <laughs> marathons. Wow. Yeah. That's why I have to give you For that. the first yeah. time. For and sure. Because beca I'm competing against myself. I don't have to compete against yeah. anybody else. But I think there's some sports that people might see and say, I can do that. I don't think anybody looks at water polo and no. thinks, I can do no, that. That's no. one of those sports where you know that these are really well, elite athletes water out there. The whole I, that's time. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They catch the ball, they swim, <laughs> then if somebody jumps on you, they're <laughs> probably going to drown. <laughs> There's a lot going on. It's definitely a lot going on. Very fun to watch. So between now and then, I know you're just wrapping up uh, a tournament in, the, in Princeton, New Jersey at, at the end of 2019. Before the, uh, the games out there in Tokyo, any major sort of events coming up or is it just heads down practicing with the squad? We have a trip almost every month. I think every single yeah. month. Um, but we're going to Australia in, Jan in January, the beginning of January. And... Um, yeah, like I said, from there we have a trip almost every month. I think another big one for us is World League Super Final, which location to be determined. But uh, we have a lot of competition and obviously a lot of practice time just between ourselves. So. Summer in Australia is not bad. Kelly, yeah, right? you bring your board or what? Um, well, last time we were in Australia, I used the Australian's Craigslist and bought a surfboard there, <laughs> surfed for two weeks and sold it the day we left. So uh, yeah, I was gonna, I was I was wondering like if if you like. Yeah, obviously you're in um, water polo uh, mode, but like you're in Australia and you're a surfer, you have to surf. Yeah, I've managed. Like it. you have to yeah. surf. Every trip we've been on a water polo trip to Australia or New Zealand, I, f I found a way to get a surfboard and at least catch some waves. And you're not scared of sharks, so there are sharks out there. I don't care what you say. Yeah. <laughs> Australia, <laughs> super sharky asses <laughs> off in Australia. Yeah. Well, awesome. How can we? Uh, how can we find you, ladies? Whether on social or elsewhere, or do you not want people bothering you? You let us know. No, it's fine. Um, at Kaylee Gilchrist for Instagram. That's probably my my biggest platform. Yeah, same. I mainly only use Instagram, and it's at Paige Hostel. I hope you guys got two yeah. new fans. I'm very. I'm looking forward to watching you girls do your thing for sure. Thank you. Hell yeah! We're Are you guys on Twitter? I am at Kaylee Gilchrist or at K Gilchrist fifteen on okay, Twitter. Okay, because I'll yeah. definitely be like, oh, great right. game. Like, you know what I'm saying for sure. <laughs> No, it's a generational I'm, thing too. I'm not on Twitter. Yeah. That's what happens when you're the old lady on the team. Old heads. 
And well, my MySpace is. <laughs> well, this is cool. Yeah, great. Awesome. Well, uh, Kelly Gilcrest and Paige Hoschild, thank you very much. We're looking forward to seeing you, hopefully. And I'm very confident. I think, they, uh, I think they're going to make the squad. They're going to make the squad and bring home the <laughs> third gold medal in a row. In a row. Let's do it. USA. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, thank you. You got it. So until next time, I am Don Povia. That is Keith Bullock. This is the Outside Game Podcast. You can find us at the Outside Game on all of the socials. Uh, and until next week, peace. Later. <laughs>